Bongani Beloy has resigned from Action SA. He was Action SA Gauteng's leader. And this is a massive blow to the party. In this edition of Eusebius on Times Live, I want to describe what happened and then I want to offer interpretation and some meaning in so far as my reading of the situation is concerned. You're listening to Eusebius on Times Live. That's this latest podcast on Times Live. And it's me, Eusebius McKaiser, exploring the major issues of the week. That means you're going to hear a lot of law, politics and ethics, how they intersect and how important these stories are in the life of all South Africans. When people saw their children must know these are sellouts. They put saliva on the paper. Mr. Julius Malema whispered and said, sing it, sing it. And then they shared that zone. No, I'm not going to apologize. Can I have my iPad, please? So they stole it. Now, the news was covered in the Sunday Times and multiple sources I spoke to also had told me about this over the weekend. And right now, a couple of minutes ago, a press conference had taken place at a hotel here in Santon, where Bongani Baloy has given his version of what led to this decision. And it was a really interesting description of what it is that brought him to this particular moment. He started off by outlining why it is that he initially left the Democratic Alliance and what attracted him to try and see whether a relationship with the leadership of Action SA may be the right alternative home for him as someone who remained politically engaged after leading the DA. Now, I'm not going to play the entire presser for you, but here's a minute or two just for you to understand how we began the press conference outlining that journey that saw him leaving the DA and then joining Action A and why Herman Mashaba, on the face of it, seemed like an attractive proposition with which to carry on a political project that Mogani Baloy believed in. Leaving the Democratic Alliance was trying to find an alternative for the party, a party that can appeal to all South Africans and be able to capture the aspirations of all South Africans and deliver something to South Africans. But most importantly, a party that puts young people at the center of what they need to do. Because young people are the biggest shareholders in this country. The future is ours. What the government is doing today and various leaders is collapsing our country, which unfortunately will have a detrimental effect to young people for the future. Joining XA was a very uh, important and happy occasion for me because I was filled with hope and inspired with hope because finally there's an alternative. An alternative started by Herman Mashaba, who left the Democratic Alliance to start an alternative for the country. And I really believed in the ethos and the vision of Action SA because it represented and fill the void within the market, the political market, which is there. Now, that's quite interesting because the story kind of speeds up from there. But I think in a way that's worth pausing over. I mean, he places emphasis on a really interesting set of observations. And we'll pick one or two moments and put them next to each other for you to listen to carefully 
in terms of what Pongani explains. All of this is his vantage point. Obviously, we'll give the party an opportunity in terms of a right of reply to engage us on Eusebius on Times Live. But the starting point is to understand Pongani Beloy's decision as he has explained it. I have preemptively reached out to Michael Bowman, um, by the way, who is probably after Herman effectively the most senior, certainly the most visible leader nationally. Um, and I'm sure that he will is already agreed in theory to come on on Wednesday to come and respond. But Bongani Beloy then says that what's important for him is the youth. And there's a wonderful phrase that I quite frankly think is really poignant and true, where he at one stage says that the youth are the most important shareholders in this country. But he goes a step further. He then explains why, notwithstanding his excitement about Action SA, there were certain elements of the Action SA project that he could add to as a leader that have just arrived as part of its Senate. And here it talks about how important it is to not just ask the voters to vote against the ANC, but to vote for a positive proposition, what he calls the South African dream. And so he went into some detail to firstly reflect on the youth, to describe, secondly, the importance of a positive proposition rather than simply asking people to vote against something. And then he fleshes out this idea of the South African dream, which is kind of really interesting as his way of saying we really need a positive project rather than saying we are anti-something. So have a listen to some of these clips that speak into these different elements that I've just summarized. Leaving the Democratic Alliance was trying to find an alternative for the party, a party that can appeal to all South Africans and be able to capture the aspirations of all South Africans and deliver something to South Africans. But most importantly, a party that puts young people at the center of what they need to do. Because young people are the biggest shareholders in this country. Their future is ours. What the government is doing today and various leaders is collapsing our country, which unfortunately will have a detrimental effect to young people for the future. Joining XA was a very uh, important and happy occasion for me because I was filled with hope and inspired with hope because finally there's an alternative. An alternative started by Herman Mashaba, who left the Democratic Alliance to start an alternative for the country. And I really believed in the ethos and the vision of Action SA because it represented and fill the void within the market, the political market, which is there. I was really happy to be embraced by many in political, in, in <clears throat> within Action SA, and develop significant and meaningful conversations and relationships with many members of Action SA. So we began and embarked on a journey when I was initially appointed as a senator, which is a member in, a high, in the highest decision-making body of Action SA. I was able to make some key and fundamental contributions that shape the strategic thrust of Action SA. And one of those fundamental contributions is the creation of what we call the South African Dream. Now the South African Dream is a very important vision statement in our body politics because it articulates what is wrong in our country but equally gives an expression about what we can do in our country. But the beauty of the South African Dream is actually trying to appeal to South Africans to give South Africa a second chance of hope. 
and appreciate that we are well within the second transition of our politics in our country after 1994. And this beautiful vision can coordinate, mobilize South Africans' aspirations in a promise for a better tomorrow. Why I led this process to deliver such an important document? Because I saw a void in Action SA that beyond just saying we don't like ANC, vote for us, there must be something special and unique to persuade people on why to vote for Action SA. And such a compelling strategic thrust document for, I mean, uh, outward looking is a document that you can appeal to needs of people, sense of people, and ignite inspiration to people. So they go out and vote for something as opposed to vote for against something. And that's the pattern now. People go to vote against something. We won't vote for this one because we want to punish them. I must give the man his due. Wasn't that interesting? Besides the fact that that was interesting, he also then talks about the kind of organizational structures that need to be in place. And he says... Listen, a fundamental mistake I saw is that we weren't really conscientizing people, I think that's the word he used, politically, and when you have a net number of members and volunteers signing up for a new political vehicle, they need to be politically educated with a political school, structures have got to be built, they've got to rally around an internal identity that is unified, and then you need to make sure that in a bottom-up manner, you begin that process of establishing branches or structures, whatever the case might be. And partly what Bongani is doing here, I suppose, is to show the receipts in case anyone <laughs> wants to say is a disgruntled person who underperformed. And he's suggesting, actually, I saw excellence, but also some gaps in Action SA, and I did my bid, including trying to make sure in a bottom-up manner we build democratic structures at the base and we make sure that people who come with goodwill but who aren't political animals are also taught the business of politics. Have a listen to some of these reflections. What also contributed in Action SA is what they call the political academy. What I found lacking in Action SA as a new party <clears throat> is the appreciation that there is no appreciation for political consciousness. There is no understanding. These are new, majority new people who come from all walks of life, no experience in politics, but you are in politics. And they don't understand how politics work. But most importantly, there is no way of us getting people to assimilate to an internal culture of Action SA, grounded on what Action SA believes and fundamental to its ideology. So I birthed it. So today as we speak and as I leave, there's a political academy, there's a South African dream in Action SA, which happened in a, space, a short space of time while I was still just a senator. Because of my contribution, there was a realization that this man can deliver. Let's rather move Bongani Baloi from just being a normal senator to a provincial chairperson of Gauteng. Now this I embrace because it's a new challenge and I am knowledgeable, I know how to build structures politically, mobilize the ground, coordinate and be able to move. And I have an appreciation of how Gauteng must behave as a structure in relation to the dynamics of our, of our, of our, of our party. So I, I began in earnestly working the ground, uh, stabilizing, providing clarity. And what I also found lacking in Action SA was the lack of understanding between structures, roles and responsibilities, who must do what, how you must do that, how you launch branches, 
just launch branches and how things said wait we are not just going to launch branches we are going to develop an SOP that guides how you launch branches the number the quorum uh, and who must do these things so what I'm sh showing to you is that I got into action SA understanding its weaknesses and where there were weaknesses I took it upon myself to close those weaknesses with something that's of value so I always contributed value in action SA now having laid all of that foundation, having shown off his own political prowess and what it is that he brought to the table, so much so that he was then asked to be the leader of Gauteng for the party after demonstrating his ability to help establish a South African dream as a concept around which the party can rally positively and take a positive message to voters, helping to build structures, a political school, but it seems to be on his version that the straw that broke the camel's back is that the national leadership and specifically Herman Mashaba was beginning to become a little bit annoyed. And to Bongani's credit, he used some careful language. So this is my reading of it. But it really seems as if Herman Mashaba was not enjoying the autonomy with which the leadership of Gauteng was building a regional way of behaving in terms of covering the length and breadth of the province, the amount of media time Bongani himself was notching up. And for someone like Herman, who loves to be, and this is my commentary, who loves to be in control of an entire organization and structure, Obviously, tension started creeping in, and Bongani then claims that they tried to neutralize him by pretending that there was some discontent within the regional structures. He then proved to them it wasn't the case on his version, and then nevertheless, Herman said, I'm afraid the trust between us is gone. I don't want you to be in charge of the province. You must become national spokesperson, and that's why Bongani Baloy resigned. So just have a listen to him speaking about the final moments, the tension that crept in, and him then today deciding to tell them upon reflection he's not willing to become national spokesperson, and that's it, he's quitting. I fought the battle and championed the battle of devolving power to structures, and Gauteng took that uncomfortable position to persuade, to move, and that position, I believe, may have also created some tension. But tension in politics is a normal thing. I mean, from the past, even when I had tension with Helen Zilla many years ago, tensions with James Self, they would still call me and say, Mshana, what are you doing? Let's talk, let's find each other. In this case, as the tension built, nothing. But you can see, no one is saying, but you can see what you in But no one is, is saying anything. So I, I, I moved aggressively to do that but equally to also start sensitizing the Gauteng structures about the, the, the importance to lead the policy process, to start thinking about the policy process that we're going to champion and fight for because we understand the electorate of Gauteng and what they want from a party and its policy uh, manifestation. So I began that process and I thought I was starting to win. We had a big event last year, uh, closure, where we were even slaughtered a cow for the members of Gauteng. Had, it was fun on the 16th of December. Many of you were busy drinking savannas then. It was fun. We had a good time. And then this year, we're in Ekuruleni, in the rain, with 300 members. 
in February, in terms of this uh, performance matrix that Action SA has, I was the provincial chair with the highest media hits. I met some of you in various different media platforms regularly because we were moving. We had a solid plan, we were implementing and we were effective and we were efficient. And then I was called to a meeting last week, Monday. When I arrived at the meeting last week, Monday, there was Ethel Trollip, there was uh, Herman Mashaba, Michael Bowman. At this meeting, um, Herman uh, opened the meeting and said the following things to me that he believes that uh, there's a breakdown of relationship between me and him. And it's irreconcilable. And that breakdown of relationship has led to a, a distrust, a situation where there's distrust between me and him. But equally, for him to confirm that he has issues with me, how I, I, how I engaged with him on our Senate meeting, which is our highest decision-making body, was confirmation to him that the relationship had deteriorated. So it felt to me that what I said there now has consequences. So you go to a national meeting, you raise critical issues which must be engaged upon, but it's then used later to say, but I didn't like how you engaged. And then he also says how we've been managing the, 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 the province. He's got problems with that. And more so noting that there's, there was a, a, a proposal or rather a petition from the Tswane, some of the Tswane colleagues to disband Tswane as a region. Naturally, when there's something like that, it becomes the purview of the PEC to deal with it. So I embarked on a process, delivered all affidavits to the PEC. PEC wanted to engage in a process, afford those whom allegations are made about to respond. And then later we reconvened, we applied our minds and said we don't agree because the basis of this is that so-and-so has a relationship with so-and-so, so-and-so is a friend of so-and-so. It's not substantive and it's just baseless unsubstantiated allegations. So then he says to me, because I don't trust you and our relationship has deteriorated, I want to uh, move you as the provincial chairperson of Gauteng and then appoint you as the national spokesperson. I was baffled at that moment because I could not understand how in the one breath you can say there's a trust issue, our relationship has, has broken down and yet you still want to appoint me in a position which works with you every day. But that's something for him to qualify. Okay, so that's the first part of this podcast entry. You are now up to date with Bongani Beloy's narrative of how he came to resign, which leads to one more question. What does it all mean? And that's the question I want to address immediately. There are a couple of points I want to make in terms of how we should read what has played out. The first is in relation to Action SA itself internally. I think this is bad news for the party, not because Bongani Baloy is irreplaceable, but because it is indicative of the overall personality dominance of Herman Mashaba. Now, obviously, Herman himself and the rest of the leadership, including the national chairperson, um, can respond to each of the points on a point-by-point -point basis. But the point of us being senior journalists amongst our cohort is that we build cumulatively knowledge, our tentacles run deep, we observe politicians, sometimes we even bloody grow old together with them. And so I'm not 
making this first analytical point on the basis of a data point of one, having watched the press conference. But if you speak to folks, as I've done over the years, who work closely with Herman, off the record, many of them negotiate, which we all do in the world of work, aspects of his personality and his style of leadership more specifically that can be very difficult to cope with. And so it is totally believable that the account narrated at this press conference by Bogani Beloy is prototypical of what happens when you disagree with Herman, rather than this being exceptional or a case of two bulls were clashing and there's not enough space for both of them in the crawl. And that's bad news for the party because it means the possibility of avoiding the kind of top-down leadership culture we see in EFF that we saw in COPE that led to its ultimate demise, a hang SA, that will not be successfully avoided by Action SA if this isn't nipped in the bud immediately. Here you have someone, former mayor of Midval, an affable character, good political instinct, exemplary of young South Africans who want to be politically engaged rather than taking their qualifications to the private sector and playing outside of the political arena. That is precious talent. doesn't mean that they can't be DC'd, seconded to positions they don't necessarily want as their first option within the leadership nexus. But if you simply invite someone and say to them, there's an irretrievable breakdown of trust between us off the back of a contest about whether or not the region that person is in charge of really feels unhappy about his regional leadership because you were hoping that that narrative would serve you as the leader at the top of the national structure in getting this person to just sort of back off in terms of being in the spotlight, running with a program for how to grow the party without getting your every second approval, then you've got a problem right at the top. So this bodes poorly for building an internal culture of intellectual equality, even if you still have a hierarchy, because you need hierarchies in organization. I don't mean to suggest you must have a flat hierarchy and experiment with some egalitarian-based model of leadership entirely. But at least when it comes to the debating of ideas, you can't feel emasculated just because a younger person that you brought into the party and persuaded to take a chance on their next part of their career playing out in your organization has suddenly asserted their agency. Because that's the equivalent of saying, Please come and work for me if you were running a corporate company. You are smart. You have demonstrated your skill set elsewhere. And I would dearly love you to come and do some important work, run with some projects that you will own. It will add value. It will be a pleasure for me to look after your brand. And in turn, you'll have an opportunity as well. So it's mutually beneficial. And then lo and behold, weeks into the person being hired, you start getting pissed off because the very reasons that were the basis of you hiring them 
are now making you feel otherwise because you're not being treated as someone who knows all the answers and has all the answers and who must have the final word on everything. So that for me is the first major serious consequence for Action SA. This serves as a disincentive for anyone else who is thinking of jumping ship from the ANC, EFF, DA or another party from joining Action SA because now they're going to think to themselves, OMG, I can imagine being mates and colleagues with Michael Bowman, um, Ethel Trollope is a good example of someone who's robust in his engagement, but he's not recalcitrant. But Herman, I'm afraid, is coming across as a recalcitrant loose cannon. And you cannot build a political party around that kind of personality trait. The idea of being a black business person who successfully navigated racial capital during apartheid can only get you so far as the basis for saying, please vote for the party that I'm the head of. I'm a role model for hard work and I want to extend opportunities by taking over from a rotten ANC. Because if you are now suddenly leaking examples of how you are not willing to listen, you want to be a cultish figure at the top and the likes of Michael Bowman must quickly do some strategic PR work to try and wrestle back the narrative from those who've now told the public what it was like engaging you on the inside, then Action SA is going to have a massive problem on its hand. So that's the first point. The second point is to do about, for me, competitive politics. I've said this for many, many years, or as we say in Afrikaans, for blow yara, and that's because it's a basic precept of democracy that is just a universal truth. You need alternatives to the incumbent in order for a democracy to work. It's not sufficient because all of the options may be crappy for the voters, but it's a necessary starting point that democracies need to be competitive. The market needs to be competitive. And that means the different options on the table for voters must be real differences. Some must be attractive. The headache that voters ideally should have should not be, oh my God, who is the least bad? But rather, amongst all of these interesting options, notwithstanding their weaknesses, each one of them has such an interesting spike in terms of something really positive that can be said about them. I don't know which one to give an opportunity as an alternative to the incumbent ANC government. But when you listen to a press conference like the one we just witnessed today, Action SA does not fall into the category of having an attractive alternative to an ANC that has morally imploded. Which means that this kind of resignation isn't just a small story that goes into a newsletter internally within the party. It does have implications for opposition politics more generally because it reduces competitive politics by sending a message and a negative word cloud association into the public space about what Action SA is about in terms of its political culture. It is about a strong, too strong a leader at the top, do as I say or leave, 
averse to the building of bottom-up democratic structures, not a federal system, but a system where regions are allowed to be regions and not just to be given instructions on the day, what to say, what not to say, where to be, where not to be. And then you've got to ask yourself, is there more internal democracy in this party compared to the one that has messed up opportunities to bring about a better life for all? And on the face of it, I'm afraid the answer does not look good for Action SA.